0: You know what? I, I feel like it's for me tonight. I'll take it. Amen. I have found a newfound love and some different things in my life. I have been uh, emerging myself. And um, As Jake and talked tonight, what would you do different in the last 10 years? Well, I promise you, I would have read more. I would listen to more preaching. I would have. Um, I'd done a lot of things different. I'd immersed myself in some things that would change my life. I am doing that right now. I don't want to be like I was ten years ago. Amen. And if I could go back and do some things different, I would. But I wouldn't. Does that make any sense? there's some things that, yeah, I would do different, but also is was uh, Brother Texas that made the statement he wouldn't do nothing different because it's made me who I am today. Who is was it? John. Huh? Okay. John said, that. well, whatever. He's healed. It's the truth. It is your testimony. But anyway, I'm going to talk to us tonight. First, Samuel chapter 17. Very familiar passage of scripture for anybody who is familiar with the Word of God at all. First Samuel chapter seventeen has been preached from so many different ways. People have read the entire chapter. They've read bits and pieces of it. They've um, they've read the portions. I, I'm I'm going to read it all. I'm just going to read 22 through through 26, and it's. It's been, been preached, Brother Tim, all kinds of ways. And once I start reading it, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, if you're not there yet, you'll understand. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 22. There, say amen. David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brother. As he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Then the men of Israel said, have you not seen this man that's come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. Notice verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is? I say, for who is? for who is? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I say, for who is this? Who is this? God, help us today. God, I'm asking you to captivate those that's here God, if you put something in our spirit and in our heart, God. Lord, I'm praying that I pray that every individual in this building, God, can be um, electrified with your spirit and your word, God, enthusiasm. God, I pray that everybody in this building tonight, God, is something gonna happen to us, God, in your precious name, God. Hallelujah. Touch us right now, God, in your precious name, God. Ask you to bless and to touch, God. The wonderful name of Jesus, God. Touch our ears, our hearts, our spirit, God. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. High five your neighbor and say, you're going to help the preacher? Okay. If you're going to help me, you can be seated. If not, you can stay standing. Amen. So that means that everybody's going to help me tonight, all right? All right. Shortly after being installed as the 20th pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a sermon in November of 1954 entitled Transform Nonconformists." The Christian is called upon not to be like a thermometer, uh, conforming to the temperature of his society, said King. With a monk, but he must be like a thermostat serving to transform the temperature of his society.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. I've seen many white people who sincerely oppose segregation and discrimination, said King, but they never took a real stand against it because of fear of standing alone. Are you willing not just to stand but to stand alone? On December the 1st, 1955, a transformed nonconformist boarded the Cleveland Avenue bus just five blocks from the pulpit where King delivered that sermon. When the white section filled up with passengers, the bus driver ordered Rosa Parks to give up her seat in the colored section. Rosa politely refused. She took a moral stand by remaining seated. Our mistreatment was not right, Rosa said. I was just tired of it. It wasn't a physical tiredness. It wasn't a moral tiredness. The only tired I was was tired of giving in.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Rosa Parks' stand against racial segregation started a ripple effect. It led to a court battle, which led to a citywide boycott, which led to the Supreme Court ruling segregation. Unconstitutional. This is an article that I found on preachingtoday.com. The article ended with this paragraph that is powerful. Until the pain of staying the same becomes more acute than the pain of change, nothing happens. Let me read that again. Until the pain of staying the same becomes more acute than the pain of change, nothing happens. It goes on to say, we simply maintain the status quo and we convince others that playing it safe is safe. But the greatest risk is taking no risk at all. Amen. I come to preach tonight to a specific group of people that's in this building, and I know you are. It's the Rosa Parks of this church, our who are living, hallelujah, in this place. Who are living in a time who, who would say the same thing that Rosa Parks said. I'm just tired of it. Amen. It's a physical tiredness. It's not a moral tiredness. The only tired I am, I'm tired of giving up. I come to preach to a group of people that's tired of the enemy having having to assign us a seat in the back of the bus. I come to preach to that person that's tired of giving up. In. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> giving you a side seat up to the devil. I come to preach to that person tonight. That's not just gonna look at Hallelujah. That's just gonna look at the enemy. They're gonna look at the enemy right in the eye, and they're gonna say to the they're gonna say to their enemy, "Not today, devil." He come preach hallelujah for just a little bit tonight I don't plan to be real long but I pray this, I want to help somebody tonight this is my sermon tonight not today devil hallelujah not today devil oh come on heaven is tired of the devil telling you what you can and you can't do heaven is tired of the devil telling you dictating your marriage dictating your job dictating your finances dictating your kids dictating your health he's tired of the devil telling you where you can sit emotionally, and where you can and cannot worship. And he's tired of the devil telling you what to study, and what you cannot study. And he's tired of the devil telling you hallelujah, you can't pray. You're not good enough. You can't make it. And he's tired of the devil telling you, you can't do this, and you can't do that, or you gotta go here, or you gotta do this. I wish somebody would get up and be the Rosa Parks in our generation and say not
1: today
0: not today we need to look around our church tonight we need to look around at the empty seats we need to look around at the kids are not coming no more, we need to look around at the dogs are not here, we need to look around and see your kids is not in the house of God or your spouse is not in the house of God and say you know what devil I'm tired of giving in, I'm tired of giving up hallelujah sister Penny it's so fitting that you brought that sweater here tonight, if you haven't noticed she's got a sweater from her young son like it's got a on the back of it. She must have come in here with a mindset. You know what, devil? I'm tired of my son not living for God like he needs to be. Not today, devil. Not today. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to make up of their mind and say, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of my ministry being stuck where it's at. I'm tired of my family not being in the house of God with me. I'm tired. That's not even where I want to say that anyway. And you're telling me I got to go back farther? Not today, devil. Not today. Hallelujah. God's going to do a work for somebody. There's going to be a rose apart who will stand up in the aisle we're living in from the cliff. Clear- i tired of the devil fighting us like it's fighting us.
1: Amen. Yes, Amen.
0: Amen. And us just sitting there and doing
1: nothing.
0: go on, guys. Breathe. Brother Tim, I'm tired of the devil. Praise the Lord. Saying it's never going to grow. Amen you're never going to be out of this financial dilemma your marriage is never going to be any better your husband's not going to come to church with you your children are never going to be in the house of God with you, they can't be saved or they're never going to be saved we need somebody to be a Rosa Park hallelujah and the devil. you know what, the devil's trying to assign you a seat anyway He's already telling you you're not good enough to sit in the front. You've got to sit somewhere in the back. And you know what? You get in your seat, and all of a sudden, it looks like everybody else is being blessed. And you're thinking, maybe someday I'll get to sit there. We need a Rosa Park, Hallelujah. When they look at you and say, "That's your assigned seat," it's time for you to get up because somebody else is better than you. Is going to sit there. We need somebody saying, "You know what? Not today. This is my seat. I'm not going anywhere, Hallelujah. I'm not going in. I'm going to take a stand when nobody else is standing. I'm going to stand alone." if I had to stand alone. But i am tell you what, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of not having Bible in my history. I'm tired of having 30 or 40 on Sunday morning. I'm tired of having a handful on a midweek service or a Sunday night. I'm tired, hallelujah, of my walk with God being anemic get fast, hallelujah. I'm tired of it. Not today, devil. Yeah. Come
1: on, say not today.
0: 137 with God nothing I say nothing shall be impossible impossible. the simple verse that we just overlooked so many times for with God nothing shall be impossible it's time that we take down the barriers off of God and begin to believe for the impossible it's time we take the barriers off our life, off our God. Hallelujah. The only thing that's stopping God from doing a miracle in your life is us. The only thing is stopping God from doing a miracle, hallelujah, in our finances is us. In our health is us. In our marriage is us. In our church is us. Hallelujah. It's our day. It's our time. It's time for us to stand up and say, you know what? I've had enough. I've had enough. We need somebody to get that Popeye mentality say, hallelujah, I'm not this enough. We enough. need to get some spiritual spinach inside of you your muscles, hallelujah, and say, Devil, today you're going down. Devil, today is my day. Devil, I'm getting my ministry back. I'm getting my prayer line back. I'm getting my church back. I'm getting my youth group back. Not today, Devil. Come on, somebody take a praise break right now. Somebody clap your hands and love God. Somebody worship
1: God. I've this too long. I've been here
0: way too long. Hallelujah. I've been in this seat too long. And devil, you gonna tell me I gotta get up. I don't think so. Not today. This is my spot. Brother, no, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not giving up my mama and my brothers, hallelujah. Not today, devil. If I gotta fast in few days with my
1: mama and my family, I'm gonna fast, hallelujah. If I gotta see God, then nobody else is seeking God. I'm not giving up all
0: This is not today, devil. This is my church. This is my family. Hallelujah. This is my ministry. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sit down. Sit down. Let me talk. Come on, brother.
1: Hallelujah.
0: In our text today, there was a there was a giant named Goliath.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Every one of us got a Goliath in our life. Oh, yeah. Every one of us has got giants. Uh-huh. And they look like they're bigger than us, and they are bigger than us, I guess. By looking at them, we yeah. think we can't do anything about it. The Bible says his height was six cubits and a span. Various Bible commentaries place the length of a cubit anywhere from 17 inches to 21 inches. The length of the span most likely uh, would would be around nine inches. And conservatively, Goliath was nine feet and three inches tall. Likely, he could have been taller. When you compare that to the average U.S. male, which is five foot, ten inches tall, that's quite a sight. Probably a little better than the speakers here. Goliath's armor, the Bible says, His battle coat weighed around five thousand shekels of bronze, which is equivalent to about 125 pounds. Amen. Amen. He carried a long spear or javelin when he went to war, and that was as thick as a weaver beam. The word of God says, which roughly would be about two and two two to two and a half inches in diameter. I couldn't get my hand around the holder. The spearhead that he carried was made of iron, which weighed around 600 shekels, most likely around 15 pounds. Goliath was a giant of a man that had armor that most likely weighed more than David himself, then a youth that was most likely around 17 to 18 years old. David walked on that battlefield, Brother, uh, Brother Donnie. He walked on that field. And all of a sudden, they had been there for 40 days and and Goliath had come out and made his claims. He had had proclaimed and cursed the the God of Israel and said what he was going to do. He made his boast and he made his claim. Hallelujah. And David walked onto that field and all of a sudden he heard the cry of Goliath. Something rose up inside of David. He said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Hallelujah. That's making his boast. Something got on the inside of David when everybody else was hiding behind the rocks according to the word of God and Sister Lisa, everybody else was afraid of this man that was named Goliath and they had him bound for so long, had them bound for so long they had forgotten who their God was they forgotten what God could do hallelujah, they was looking only at the obstacle and they covered him and David said I can take you, I can his brother said, you can't kill him. Hallelujah. Saul said, you're but a young youth, and you can't do it. But David, hallelujah, stepped up to Goliath and he looked at him. He said, you know what? Not today, devil. This is mine. hallelujah. This is the tomb of Israel. Not on the battlefield of praise, sure enough. You're not going to do this right here. I come to tell somebody tonight, hallelujah, you've been under the siege long enough. It's time for somebody to stand up and look at the devil and say, you know what? You've been calling out way too long but not today. Today is my day. Today I'm going to win this day. Today, if i got to stand alone, I'm going to stand alone. If i got to stand on myself, you cannot have my church. You cannot have my family. You cannot. Somebody's scream it tonight. Not today, devil. Not today.
1: In 1954,
0: in 1954, there was a medical, there were medical articles that said that the human body can't run a four-minute mile. They said that physically the body was not able to withstand that much pressure. And then uh, what? Then guess what happened? Everybody knows it, don't you? In 1954, Roger Bannister, a young medical student, went out and ran a mile in under four minutes. Man. Today, any any mileer that uh, uh, any mile that goes uh, uh, is going to have any any person who runs uh, normally that's going to have any type of national requisition. They must run in a mile in less than four minutes. Between 1954 and 1956, two, uh, 213 men ran under the four-minute mile. All because one guy broke the barrier. Yeah. Oh. Tonight, I found this very. I found this to be very interesting. In the, ni- in the 1900 Olympics, Irvin Baxter high jumped six feet and two inches. People said that the impossible barrier was seven feet. No one would ever jump over seven feet. Then a guy by the name of Forsbury figured out that the high jumpers were jumping the wrong way over the bar. They shouldn't go over feet first. They should go over head first. Uh, backwards. Everyone will laugh and ridicule when he would uh, uh, would take his unorthodox, unorthodox way to jump over the high bar. Critics dubbed him his method, the, the Forsberry flop, but they flop over seven feet. Recently in East Germany, seven feet, eight and three quarter inches, hallelujah, was broken. Back in 1956, 15 feet was thought to be the limit for a good pole bar. Then somebody discovered a fiberglass pole, hallelujah. Man. Somebody discovered a fiberglass pole. Uh, hang on, this thing i lost my spot. Uh, and all of a sudden, he vaulted 18 feet, living in three quarters of an inch. Amen. Somebody says, what are you trying to say? Why did these things happen? Because somebody broke the record. Yeah. A giant was killed. So everybody else decided to charge. Okay. That's what happens every day in our lives. No matter what your ministry is, no matter what God's calling you to do, God wants you to break a barrier. God wants somebody to stand up and say, you know what? Not today. It's not going to happen. Somebody needs to begin to proclaim in your life and say, you know what, devil? Not today. I've come tonight to ask this question. Where are the giant killers at Harvest House. We're all the Rosa Parks that will refuse to give up their seat to the devil. We're all the David's that refuse to let the giants of our time defile Harvest House. Jesus that we are serving. Where are the Moses that refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Where are the Shabbat Meshach and Abednego that refused to bow down to the false god of the hour that we're living in? Where are the Daniels that refused to stop praying? Hallelujah. In the face of the enemy. Where are the Peter's that will stand up and preach an Acts 2.38 message knowing that you could be crucified just like your Savior had been crucified 50 days before for. We're on the pause. That's willing, really brother Donnie. To run to the chopping block. Hallelujah. And give your life to a one God apostolic message. We're all united. We need somebody to step up to the plate. We need somebody that'll stand up in Harvest House and say, Not today, devil. This is my church. This is my family. You're not taking my church. You're not taking my family. I declare right now, before this year is over, we're going to have a revival like
1: we've never had before. I ain't going nowhere.
0: No. I'm not, I'm not leaving this church. You're not going to run me off like you've run other people off. I'm staying here. I'm not going nowhere. Come on. I'm looking for you. We're about to get one of us tonight. Brother Donnie, I'm okay. Baby. Let it be me, Sister Penny. Now, I'd be all right with somebody else tonight. Hey, everybody in this place is just, you know what? It's me, brother. Why? We need it in this place. We need somebody to say, not today. You know why we need it? Because the moment you begin to take those giants down, people's going to say, I can do that too. The moment your family comes into church, tr- Say, well, if that the David's and the pennies kids come in, then my kid come too. The moment, hallelujah, that somebody else's spouse comes in, somebody says, you know what? If God will do it for them, God will do it for me. Why do you think I have testimony service this morning? The devil has attacked our faith for the The devil told us that miracles don't happen no more. That's why I need us to remember what God has done for us. Because the moment somebody realizes that somebody else is getting blessed, somebody else's ministry is being touched, you know what it does? It gives you permission to do the very exact same thing. You know, what, you know what? You know what? Bannister done for the people he run. He gave them permission. Said, you know what? If I can run a four-minute mile, so can you. Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. It give somebody else the confidence to do what you're doing. Oh, yeah. What was it? Rosa Parks probably was the only one on that bus. Hallelujah. She said, no, I'm not moving. I'm not going nowhere. But I'm gonna tell you what, Sister Penny, it started something, and before it was all over, that one woman decided I'm not moving from here. It caused the segregation bound to be broke down, hallelujah. And then anybody can sit anywhere they want to sit on that bus. Hallelujah. It's no wonder the devil wants you to give up your seat on the bus. It's no wonder the devil wants you, hallelujah, to get up from where you are and go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Not live for God, not live in the poorness of what God has called you to be. I'm not going to be much longer. John C. Maxwell said in his book, Be All You Can Be, he said, We fail not because of the big problems, but because of small purposes. Our failures are not caused by giants. Goliaths don't defeat us, small purposes defeat us. I'm going to tell you you right now. Rosa Parks could have looked in the face of that stuff for the Texans said, you know what, I'm just one little insignificant woman. What difference can I make? That's what some people said in this building today. I, I, I'm just this one little insignificant person. I come from a broken family. I come, I come I come, from an abusive family. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know I was molested. You don't know that that I've been through a divorce. You don't know that the stuff that I've been hooked on. You don't know the places and the things I've been and the things that I've done. I don't care where you've been and I don't care what you've done. What we can realize today, hallelujah, that we, we need to just not have small purposes but we need to understand, hallelujah, the bigger it is, the harder it is for the the greater impact it's going to make when they hit the ground, hallelujah come on Harvest House, the devil has kept us in the back of the bus long enough the devil has told us to move out of our seats long enough somebody needs to rise up it's time for somebody to look at the enemy and say you know what devil, not today John, John Maxwell went on to say in his book we usually have to charge Goliath by ourselves don't expect a whole crowd of people to around you, waving banners and putting you on the back of, and uh, patting you on the back. Whoever steps out first will step out alone. Amen. Small successes lead to great successes. Begin to have some victories over small things in your life. Make every day a victory over something and build a track record of success. Success for most people comes after someone else has done the impossible. Success for the army of Israel came after David defeated the giant. Listen to me tonight. If somebody would say, you know what? I'm going to be the Rosa Park and Harvest House. I'm going to be the one that's going to start knocking some doors. I'm going to be the one that's going to start, hallelujah, giving Bible studies. I'm I'm going to be the one, hallelujah, to bring the people into our church. I'm going to be the one, hallelujah, that's going to get up early and pray when nobody else is praying. I'm going to be the one, hallelujah, that's going to study the word of God when everybody else is gaining. I'm going to be the one, hallelujah, that's going to be pouring God into me while everybody else is wasting time. Amen. Somebody in this building tonight might be the key, the spark, the prophesied revival that Marion how has been prophesied about. Amen. Is it you? Is it you tonight? Come on, are you here, Rosa Parks? Is the you tonight?
1: Almost.
0: Almost there. Luke 13, 31 through 32. The same day there came a certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out, depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. He said to them, speaking of Jesus, He said to them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow and the third day, I shall be perfected. Jesus was just doing what he came to do. He said, hey, man, uh-huh. He was healing blind eyes. He was healing lepers. He was causing the death to be able to hear. He was making the crippled, be able to walk, Brother Donnie. Just walking around, just being Jesus. But then the Pharisees didn't like Pharisees didn't like what he was doing. And on this particular day they told him, he said, You know what? You better stop doing what you're doing. He, they're trying, they're trying to, to stop him from doing what he's doing. He said, Because hair is going to kill you. I like what Jesus told him. He said, You just go tell that fox. Behold, I'm going to go ahead and cast out some devils. I'm going to do some cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I'm going to be perfected. You just go tell that fox. uh, uh, You just go tell him, hallelujah, you can't stop me. Because I'm just going to tell you, not today. Amen.
1: Amen. Somebody say, "Not not today. Not
0: today. Something needs to get inside of us today. Amen. Jesus came to this earth for a purpose, brother Donnie. He was gonna let nothing stop him. God's called you for a purpose. He's called you for a purpose. Yeah. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, "No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall thou condemn." This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, saith the Lord. There's no weapon that's formed against us. Right. I don't know. I've told the story. i not told in a while. I don't know if it's true. I'd I like to really search it and find out. I believe it can be true. But perhaps you've heard the story of the guy that was in the military and his mama made sure that, that he was going to read his Bible and all that stuff. And he got in a line of fire Brother Donnie. And he had been prophesied that something great was going to happen in his life, Brother Donnie. And, and all of a sudden, he took some gunfire and they begin they, they begin to go through there and Sister Lisa, they came upon this one man that was uh, kind of moving. And they found right here where the bullet hit. They said they opened up the Bible and they flipped through it. And it actually said the bullet had stopped on Isaiah 54 and 17 that said no weapon that's formed against it can prosper. I don't know if it's true, but I believe it can happen. Brother Texas, I know I did hear this story one time. I heard this mother had a son and she said, You know what? And God had called him to preach, and all of a sudden she got where he got he got entangled with gangs, he got entangled with all this stuff, and she got word that her son was killed. Brother Donnie, she went to where she's at. She said, Where is my son? they said he's, he's back here in a morgue against him she said I don't care you take me to my son and you let me see him they said they went back there and they pulled out the drawer and he, she stepped over and looked at that boy and, I, and my understanding had been shot several times and she looked at him she began to pray said God you said my boy was going to preach and he's going to preach you know what she's saying not today devil and they said that she prayed for that young man I don't know how long he's been dead I don't know how long he's been in that morgue but brother Donnie when she got done praying that boy raised up from that out of that Lord, and you walk down that place with her. Somebody says, I don't believe it. Yes, I do believe it. I tell you what, we've got power, Sister Lisa, and we need to raise up and realize we can look at the devil, Sister Lori, and say, Not today, devil. Not today. This is my church. God's called us to have a revival like we've
1: never had. I told you we're going to be real long
0: tonight. I'm just to bring this to But I'm trying my best to inspire somebody to get somebody up from where you are Saying, you know what, devil? I'm tired. I'm tired of just being... I'm tired of giving in to you. I'm tired of you doing this to me all the time. Not today. This is not going to happen. Not today. Come on, listen to me. Perhaps some of you... Perhaps some of you have been at the same persuasion of me. In studying this, I found out something I did not know. Maybe you did. Maybe you're better with history than I was, but I did not realize this. Most people know that Rosa Parks, as a black woman who refused to go to the back of the bus, she ignited the, uh, ignited the 1955 bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama, a boycott that was key victory to the civil rights movement. While uh, uh, Parks' decision appears to be the spur of the moment, it was anything but that. I myself, not being a history buff, did not have any idea that this was actually the case. I thought maybe Brother Donnie, she just on this day decide, you know what, I'm tired of it, but that's not the case. You see, because Parks had spent the previous 12 years helping lead the local NAACP chapter. The summer before, she attended a 10-day training session in Tennessee at a labor and civil rights organization through, uh, school. For some time, she had been studying other bus boycotts. She had already been arrested in one in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, two years earlier. Rosa Parks was schooled and ready for the enemy. and uh, Ready for the enemy. Amen. I come to tell some of you tonight, the devil's trying to make you feel like you're a nothing and a nobody. But you know what the truth of the matter is? You've been schooled for quite a while. And you're ready for the enemy. The devil has had his drop on you long enough everyone, nearly everybody in this building tonight. You know what? You've heard enough preaching to save the entire world. And the devil's trying his best to tell you that you're a nothing and a nobody. i come to tell you something different tonight. You're more than a nothing and a nobody. You're somebody that can stand up in the face of the devil. I don't, I'm not mistaken. Everybody in here that excludes except for one or two has been baptized in the name of Jesus. You've been repented. And you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the devil's got his bluff in on you. And he's trying his best to make you sit in your seat. Rosa Parks was like our text tonight, David. He was ready for the giant. He was ready for the giant. Listen to it as I read some more of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 31. David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out, out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. See, he defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover. The Lord that delivered me out of the Paul of the Lion and out of the Paul of the Bear, He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go and the Lord will be with thee. I want to tell you tonight. Hallelujah. Some of us in this building tonight, you've been around this long enough. You know, you know what? You've you've been in school for a little while. You've been praying. You've been reading the word of God. You've been faithful to the house of God in attendance. You've been faithful to the house of God in giving. You've been faithful to the house of God in worship. How Hallelujah! Oh, come on. You know what? It's time for us to put, let the devil push us around. It's time for us to square our shoulders back and look at the devil and say, You know what, devil? Not today. Not today. We're the Rosa Parks. We've been training for this. We've been training. Sister Penny, we've been training for this for a while. And the devil's head is bluffing on you. But I'm calling out to Rosa Parks tonight. Let us stand up. Hallelujah. Not today, devil. Not today. I wish somebody, I wish somebody across building would stand up tonight. Come on. I close with one last scripture. First John 4 and 4. You
1: are God's little children, and I've overcome
0: them because greater, everybody say greater, greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. I'm going to sing here in just a second. In searching this, I found a song that I don't think I'd ever heard. The Hill song. The name of the song, Brother Donnie, is Not Today. And this is what it says. Listen to the words of the song. I listened to it one time, but I don't know how, don't know how it goes, but so let me read it to you. Is it troubles won't throw me, won't break me, won't scare me? No more. Fearless have thought I was faithless when it come from my heart. Because I got a song that will never die. I know your love is the reason why I sing. I'll sing the night into the morning. I'll sing the fear into your praise. I'll sing my song in your presence whenever I say your name. Let the devil know not today. Tell me that the enemy, or tell me, did the enemy panic? As you took up the cross. Tell me in the darkness, child, mercy. As you rode back that rock. Cause I know your life is a life of mine. I know your love is the reason why. Your love stood down death. crushed the devil's hand. Fear is just a liar. Running out of breath. Fight beneath the fight beneath your feet. I'm standing on Jesus' name. So let the devil know, not today. Let the devil know, not today. No, no, not now, not ever again, Jesus. Let the devil know, not today, not today. I'll sing my soul in your presence. Whenever I say your name, Jesus, let the devil know, not today. Somebody needs to let the devil know, not today. Where's the David in here, Brother Tim? Come on. I'll preach my heart tonight. You got, got, got a husband and some kids You got a husband and a kid that's not here Not today
1: I'm
0: not giving up I'm not seeing Come on You guys can come kneel if you want to That's okay if you feel like you need to But I think that somebody needs a stand Say not today I'm taking a stand against it Come on somebody needs to stand I'm taking a stand against it Not today I'm standing against it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I wish all across this building, people begin to say, "Not to devil." I wish you begin to take back territory, take back your prayer life. I wish you begin to take back like, claim tonight. Said I'm not moving This is my seat as a matter of fact. I'm planning on sitting in the front of the bus. As a matter of fact, I'm not going back any farther. You
1: can have my seat, devil.